Hello, and thank you for joining This Is Just A Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Just a few quick reminders before we get started with this episode. I want to remind everybody to head over to the Facebook group at This Is Just A Phase for any updates on past and present guests. If Facebook isn't your thing, head over to my Instagram account at jonathan.kent.311 for a lot of the same updates. Also, do yourself a favor and head over to thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com and check out the new release by the Northwestern Pennsylvania hardcore band Letters and their new EP. It's a repressing of their self-titled 2015 EP with additional live tracks, two of them being from the legendary Mind Rocket Studios in Pennsylvania. Um, you could go ahead and pick that up for $7 plus shipping. Uh, it comes with a digital download and stickers. Um, also, you can also check out that release and releases by Gatlin and the This Is Just a Compilation Sampler. So head over to thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com. That being said, Jay, take us away. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no vision to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same morning On this episode, I sit down and chat industrial music with Sam Austin and Rick Polo of the Youngstown, Ohio band Heck Vector. We discuss the diversity of the subgenre and the time spent getting their sound just right. We also converse about the local scene and the many venues in Youngstown, Ohio. Also, getting into music at a young age and their earlier bands. Their other endeavors with Baroque monody and sam's solo stuff and so much more so sit back and get programmed by this episode of this is just a phase here's a single released by heck vector last year entitled super spreader son of a bitch remix Shut it down, shut it down 
And Sam, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast tonight. Thank you. Uh, you're My welcome. Um, I was really excited to have you both both on. Um, came across your band, uh, uh, I think last year, maybe the beginning of last year, um, uh, from mutual friends of ours and, and other bands, and. Uh, and then I started talking to you, Rick, and, you know, got to know you better and um, just really deep diving into, into Heck Vector and uh, the, the, the style of music that you guys do is, is something that, that I've been a fan of, uh, the genre of industrial music uh, since probably about 11, 12 years old. I've been a fan of that kind of music. Um, so it's really nice to see that happening in, in my backyard again after a time where I hadn't really heard bands doing that. Um, so I just wanted to really thank you guys for uh, for taking the time for me to talk to and get to know a little bit better and talk about the band and uh, talk about your guys' careers in and outside of music. So uh, thank you again. Right on. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. Um like I said, uh, me and Rick have been uh, talking for quite a while and uh, actually met at the uh, the Gatlin CD release party uh, show. Um, and I wanted to thank you also, Rick, for uh, the, the raw inter- the raw alternative uh, interview with those guys. I was able to watch that today. Cool. No problem. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I think it's just the first part of it. I was I was uh, really stoked to hear that. And uh, yeah, we we do the interview first, and then a live performance. And Sam has been editing them for me. And uh, 
making them nice and pretty and presentable. Okay, so Sam, you 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 help him out with with the uh, with the uh, with the web series. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I do all the editing, all of the um, the audio mixing, and all of that stuff. Awesome, very cool. Uh, the one thing I learned uh, uh, about you, Sam, uh, from talking to Rick is that you've you've done a lot of behind the scenes stuff within the scene. Um, as far as like production work and editing work, uh, uh, when did you like get into that kind of stuff? Like, um, was it more your style than necessarily just doing the performance aspect of things? Um, man, I mean, I've been writing music and doing production in various forms since like high school. Um, and uh, I actually went to uh, to college for audio recording, audio mixing, stuff like that. So uh, I I used to record like recitals when I was in college, and um, uh, it wasn't until like the past couple of years that I started linking up with people and actually uh, a lot of um, you know that that kind of stuff in college. Uh, it wasn't until the past couple of years that I started linking up with uh, people to record uh, actual. You know, interesting music. Uh, I was in a group called uh, Down Loves for for a little bit. Uh, I recorded my my own solo album, and uh, I guess since then it's been uh, me and Rick doing uh, Heck Vector, and I produced a couple uh, songs from uh, his and his uh, his wife Jenny's band uh, Baroque Monody. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, when I when I first started talking to Rick, and he said that. Uh that you guys were um were doing uh heck vector together and he was kind of giving me a little bit of a, a backstory to both of you guys you know mm -hmm. um being a part of different parts of the scene in, in various ways um where where did it where did the idea of doing heck uh heck vector come from and what was the beginning of that process like uh, so the beginning of Heck Vector was actually in 2019. Um, I I wrote the song uh, Alabama Rape Baby. It's the opening track on our debut album. That's um, a great fucking song. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, when I originally released it, um, I put it on Bandcamp with the intention of uh, proceeds going to Planned Parenthood. So I think that's when um i'm pretty sure alabama was uh trying to ban abortion and you know doing all kinds of shady stuff mm -hmm. um so I, that song was kind of the beginning of the project um wrote a few more demos over the course of the next couple months and uh after i showed rick uh the demos um he uh he had some ideas for guitar parts and so uh, we just started working together from there. I was like, nice. you got to get me on this. These are so cool. And I, I've had an affinity for industrial forever. So it was like, yeah, I kind of forced my way in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so like, but like you guys have, you guys obviously have known each other before because you um, work together on Baroque Minotti. Um, so like, was it, was it just a natural kind of a thing where you guys felt that you, you guys could work together doing, doing the project? 
Um, actually, we didn't really know each other that well because it was late 2019. I approached Sam to uh, help record and produce and create some drum loops for uh, some Baroque Monody stuff we were working on. And it was literally in that first session, I believe, when he showed me what was the heck factor stuff. Am I right on that, Sam? Was that kind of the timeline? Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and uh, we both have some pretty similar tastes in music. We're both huge uh, Nine Inch Nails fans. Um, and we're into uh, that genre and adjacent genres. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we decided we're, we're a good fit. And I've uh, been going strong ever since then. There's a school zone for a bird home But that's okay if there's someone that's the blame I cannot teach you how to empathize You're a grown-ass man, you should be better by now Invalidation games run around the land of the land I'm a criminal, take you in tower Say no again, be still if you want me dead Get it now, get it right, I cannot regret the sins of the father discovered Nine Inch Nails and realizing, of course, I grew up in Sharon and um, finding out that he was from Mercer and kind of got his breakthrough, you know, playing in Cleveland. 
Um, but knowing that that existed in my in our, my backyard made me um, really kind of gravitate towards them. It was around the time that the Broken EP came out. Yeah, and um, you know, around that time, there was also bands like Ministry and and Prick and Lard, and a lot of that stuff was coming out at that same time. Um, it was just kind of like the post. We had grunge, and then industrial came next, kind of a thing. Right, and it was just very much in the forefront because, just like you guys, probably you got your introduction to music through MTV. Yeah, and if MTV was playing it, then that's that's how you were discovering these this kinds of music and stuff. It's funny because the first time I actually heard Nine Inch Nails, they were performing on um, the MTV Music Video Awards, and uh, I, they were just coming out with the album The Fragile. I was like just turning. <laughs> 12 years old and uh it just was unlike anything i ever really heard it's like is this rock i mean it 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 sounds like rock but it sounds so different from everything else that my idea of what rock music was and eventually got the album and yeah it just uh it just stuck with me Nice. Now, were you discovering other uh, other bands because of Nine Inch Nails, like after the fact? Uh, well, speaking for myself, yeah, I, I took a few years, but I eventually, you know, discovered Ministry and Skinny Puppy and um, Joy Division and probably even Bowie through Nine Inch Nails. Nice. Um, they did that track, uh, I'm Afraid of Americans. Right, yeah. Nine Inch Nails and David Bowie, yeah, yeah, I remember that song. Um, so, were you guys also aware when you guys started playing in bands and music? Were you aware of other bands kind of doing that industrial sound in the local area? Like, I don't know if you guys remember a band from Youngstown area. They were called Alias X. Oh, I know Alias X. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing them in the early two thousands. They used to play a lot of uh, uh, like. Um, fire hall shows and that and uh, around here in newcastle where i live yeah um, i i know nick miller pretty well he was the vocalist um mm -hmm. yeah, alias x they were pretty cool um definitely probably more of a metal edge to them but really cool stuff yeah very much more kind of like uh, along the lines of uh um like orgy more of that uh that metal side of 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 i don't even know if you would call it like alternative metal kind of a sound, but, but yeah, it's really like that cool. late nineties sort of pocket of what heavy rock was at the time, you know? Yeah. That <laughs> new metal adjacent. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so obviously you guys are an industrial band and the listener is probably a little confused um, because I'm, I'm typically a punk podcast, but here's the thing. For people who don't know about industrial music, it's a hodgepodge of punk, hardcore metal, keyboard bass, new waves type of music. And I believe in covering anything that's punk and punk adjacent. And I look at industrial as being punk adjacent. I would agree. Yeah. So I, uh, um, the one thing I wanted to do when I started this podcast last year was make it um, not subgenre specific. 
Um, I didn't want it to be just Ramon's core punk. I didn't want it to be just a hardcore podcast. I wanted to uh, cover all boundaries of what what punk rock was and what punk rock is. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, if if I may speak a little bit more, I um, I don't I don't want to take up all of Sam's thunder, but um, speaking from somebody who kind of came from a punk rock background, I played in a lot of punk bands in high school, and that um, industrial is somewhat of a natural progression. Um, you just uh, you're approaching it from a different instrument, I guess, and a diff a little bit different way of thinking but i mean the attitude is still the same yeah yeah i i really agree too like i the more you learn i don't know if you guys are the same way but i look at not only what bands are playing but who they're influenced by and when you listen to a lot of these these other music musicians come across and talk about their influences it's new wave it's hardcore it's a lot of time um kind of more of like the uh i don't know what you would call it but the electro wave like dark wave stuff that was coming out like the pesh mode and the cure and the birthday party um so like you can like industrial music really draws from um kind of like i said earlier less like a hodgepodge of like everything yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, um, so uh, let me start with you, Rick. Um, what were you What were you starting out listening to uh, in your in your youth? Like, what were you kind of gravitating towards early on? Huh. Um. I, well, I. You know, I grew up. I mean, my mom was big into classic rock. I guess what you'd call classic rock at the time, and. Um, so I was always kind of around rock and roll, but, um, you know, I kind of caught when new metal was happening was sort of my introduction to like when, when I kind of fell in love with music, um, just bands like, you know, corn and, uh, filter were big at the time. And then, you know, eventually nine inch nails and, um, gravitated toward that. And, uh, Metallica was a big one for me. And that was my earliest introduction. I fell into more of a punk route for a little bit, but um, yeah, that's my introduction. Nice. Now, what about you, Sam? Man, uh, two words: limp bizkit. <laughs> I was big into them too. I mean, significant other was. I wore that CD out. Yeah, um, I was always uh, when I was younger. Um, you know, I'd, I'd I'd listen to them like on the school bus or whatever, and I was just uh, uh, kind of obsessed with how it sounded, and uh, that's that's kind of where I started to uh, want to learn production and mixing and stuff like that. I'm just like, how how, how does it sound so aggressive? You know. What are they doing to the vocals to affect it? Um, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, besides Limp Bizkit, though, um, I've 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just a fan of like really good songs. Uh, like when I was much younger, um, my parents listened to a lot of uh, ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. So Okay. I've definitely got that in my musical DNA. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Stone Temple Pilots. Um, So you were drawn to music that you were you were you were getting into bands that kind of drew um, a very layered type of band. You know, it's just not one Yeah. thing. Like you were kind of looking at it um, an engineering standpoint without even knowing it. Yeah, no, for sure. And if you notice, even though, you know, Heck Vector is, you know, hard and there's a lot of things that, you know, Sam brings. But um, as I was saying, uh, Sam uh, definitely brings the melodic edge to what we do. And yeah, definitely. The one thing I've noticed too, and I think Rick, I brought it up to you before, um, when I was listening to um, the the first album and other stuff that you guys have, have done, um, the one thing that I that I noticed right away is the influence of things like um, new wave and dark wave that come across in your songs. Um, I think the one song I'm, I'm looking at your album now, I think it might have been What Do We Talk About? Um, and, and a couple of the other songs on uh, When a Whisper Becomes a Scream. Um, I'm trying to remember the one other song too, it's kind of like that too. I like, I like Gary a lot too, but the one, the one thing I've noticed a lot on the, that, that album. is you're yes you're an industrial band but you're drawing from other influences as well and sam the style that you sing and you can go from like the song says a whisper to a screen Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I would never want to pigeonhole myself or any project into like one genre, one style. Um, you know, I, I, I want to be able to kind of spread out and do a bunch of different kinds of things. So. Um, I've been doing that too. Um, I've, I've shown Rick a couple stuff that I work on too. And, um, I started developing, uh, using different apps like through my phone to create music. And I've kind of been doing a little bit of everything. I've been kind of dabbling into, <coughs> excuse me, like metal and, uh, even some pop kind of stuff. Yeah. And just to, just to kind of get my head, because I'm a writer, Um, I've played bass, I've played drums, I've played guitar throughout the years, but like I've never really been the sole person who created music. So I'm kind of looking at it more as like maybe you, Sam, where you're, you're looking at it as how do I make sounds all come together and how can I make my voice fit what I'm creating in like a one concise pocket? Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's uh, sometimes it's a drawback, uh, especially when when it comes to the mixing phase. I'll uh, yeah, you know, I gotta try not to mix things into the ground. But uh, The one thing I've learned too, and I think it's the hardest part, is I'm not a natural singer. Um, so my biggest thing that I struggle with is trying to make my voice sound good 
with the limited amount of tools that I have. I'm using free apps. You know what I mean? I'm just messing around on my phone, but I'm, I got the music down. I'm just trying to manipulate my voice to where it actually sounds, you know, you know, pleasing to people's ears. And that's, that's a challenge sometimes. Um, I don't know, because like I, I used to be the same way, and uh, eventually I just kind of got used to my own voice. Because are, are, are you the kind of person that like doesn't like hearing your own voice? Yes, and that's yeah. strange because I have a, a, a podcast where all I do is talk and listen yeah. back to the sound of my own voice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think just in in time you gain confidence with with how you sound mm-hmm. and uh, you just kind of get used to it after a while yeah like i'm not i'm not sure exactly when it happened with me but uh you know i don't i don't really mind hearing my own my own voice anymore now was you that know? was that something that you learned from doing the downloads it was like was uh, that- you know what yeah i i i think so cuz um that was the first time i'd really been um in a setting where I could like kind of sing in front of people and had to really uh, get over myself a little bit. And you guys really didn't take yourselves entirely serious either. Uh, Yeah, no, not really. I mean, not, not, not a hundred percent of the time, not that you guys are a joke band or anything, but um, there was humor behind it, which I'm sure made you feel more comfortable being in the front like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Also, the copious amounts of alcohol during those sessions. But, uh...
Now for you, Rick, I have a question for you. Um, when 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 Sam came to you with the idea of doing Hack Vector, um, were you were were you giving critiques to what Sam had already put down, or was your initial reaction just laying guitar and trying to 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 add to the songs that were already written? I just wanted to add, um, he already had them pretty much, the, the first few songs that he wrote, he had pretty much there ready to go. And they were actually already released. Um, I just could envision seeing them live and adding that layer to give it sort of that extra oomph. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a couple of ideas that were just kind of floating around that I showed Sam and he liked them and put a loop, a drum loop to them. And uh, from there, we started actually writing the first few songs we wrote together. I think uh, Gary was one of the earliest ones in White Fright. Yeah. And uh, what did we talk about? Yeah, I, I think those were the first couple we really started working on together. Yeah. And... Um, so it really, it was just me just kind of wanting to just um, play on what he already had in the very beginning. And then we just kind of immediately started collaborating after that. Nice. So then it became, once once you started writing things together, then it became um, more of a, more of an actual band feel is, is, and less of just a, a, a solo project for Sam, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of twisted his arm and said, we got to play this live. This is dope. And I'm still doing that to this day. <laughs> yeah. And I keep kicking myself every time I haven't been able to see you guys live. Like, oh, something always come up and I'm like, I damn it, I'm going to make it out to see this band. Like, I have to make, I have to make it out to see you guys. <laughs> But um, I wanted to just kind of touch a little bit, too, on your your guys' stuff outside of the band, too. Because you guys both are, are, are pretty pretty jack-of-all-trades kind of a thing going on. Obviously, Sam, we touched on your your production work and, and um, that aspect of what you do and, and downloads. Um, and then you had mentioned your solo album. Um, now, your solo work, like do you always lean keyboard heavy to your music or um, is that because of, of just the way you look at it as a, as like almost like an engineer or producer way of looking at music? Um, yeah, I, I think that does have to do with the, uh, the, the, the engineering perspective. Um, I mean, mainly because when you're working within a DAW, it's, you know, it's all kind of MIDI based. So mm -hmm. it's the easiest thing is to just have, um, you know, a MIDI keyboard and set up some software synths and do things that way. Um, but I, I do really love guitar. So there there is a lot of guitar on my solo work as well. Mm -hmm. not, uh, not as much as there is with Heck Vector. Um, I'm, I'm not a very confident guitar player. Uh, Me either. So. <laughs> No, but um, yeah, there's definitely lots of guitar work on there. Like, at the end of the day, what what do you consider yourself? Like, you're obviously a front man, but like, what are you 
do you consider yourself more just as, as an ins instrumentalist as a way that you approach music overall? Man, uh, it, I'm not sure how to answer that, to be honest. Because uh, <laughs> some people, like you see on albums, they're, they're a multi-instrument. They, they play multi-instruments. get themselves as having, you know, one set way of looking at music, I guess is the way I'm trying to look at it. I mean, I, I guess I kind of consider myself a songwriter and a programmer. Okay. Producer, um, very good producer. Yeah. Programmers, I, I think programmer was the word I was looking for, and I just wasn't, it wasn't quite coming to me like, as, I was, <laughs> as I was talking. <laughs> so, yeah, programmer works. <laughs> and songwriter, like, how do you approach your lyrics when you're writing? Um, I mean, it usually starts with just like one, one phrase or something, and I, I, I kind of build from there. Um, lately, what I've been doing is um, like a sort of a, a, a random lyrical phrase will pop into my head. I'll jot that down into some notes on my phone, and when it comes time to sit down and write a song, I'll kind of um, go go through that list of uh, like lyric pieces and see what kind of fits the mood, see if there's something in my lyrics that I can build off of, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so like you already kind of have like a, an idea and then that idea can lead to an eventual subject matter of what you want to write about, basically. Right, right. That or um, I just write a bunch of nonsense and throw it all together. You know, <laughs> that works too, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Rick, uh, I want to talk to you. You have a lot going on just, just as much as Sam. Uh, you do uh, Baroque Monody. Am Monody. I saying that right? Baroque Monody. Monody, thank you. I knew when I said it earlier, I was like, that's not right. Like, I, I, I flubbed that one up. Um, All good. You do that with your, your wife, Jennifer. Yes. And um, you also do, we, we talked earlier, the, the interview, um, video podcast, uh, The Raw Alternative. Um, yeah. And uh, you um, used to play in uh, a few uh, alternative metal bands in the um, late 2000s uh, Denial Stage and Relic. Um how do you, how have you found yourself approaching music over the years? Approaching music? Um, yeah. Well, in in my older bands that you had mentioned, I, I played bass and synth, and I was just sort of, um, I was just a member of the band. I didn't really contribute to any writing. Um, you know, I was just a live member, I guess you could say. You felt more like an access piece. I mean, I felt like I was part of the band. It's just my role in the songwriting wasn't quite there yet. I had always kind of dabbled on things on the side. But when um, going back to, I want to say, 2011, like the fall, end of 2011, I just started to get really inspired. And I decided, well, I want to have a project that I could sort of call my own. So mm -hmm. I started compiling, you know, these songs and 
riff ideas and things I had and uh, worked with a vocalist for a while throughout 2012 and then eventually sought out and found Jen Jennifer and she had her own. This would have been by about 2013. Oh, okay. I found Jennifer and she had a concept and her own songs and lyrics. And we just decided to combine everything together and start Baroque Monody. Okay. And that was 2013. And, you know, it was just a partnership deal with the music. And I guess you could say um, her concept, her vision, but, you know, I was able to have a lot of free reign with writing different things. And um, so then from, you know, Baroque has a handful of albums out. So from doing all that, that's where I guess you can say my songwriting has sort of developed. Thank you. 
you have more control in the, the creation of what's being made than just being, you know, one part of the, you know, one part of yeah. the band. You can actually have more of a say in what's being done in, in creating it. Yeah, I have a pretty, I have a pretty big creative voice, you know, in Baroque Monarchy and Impact Factor, but I'm not the sole voice. Yeah, stretching either project, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, how did you come about doing the raw alternative? That started around the exact same time, uh, late 2011. I was still in college, and they had just launched an internet radio station called Rookery Radio. Okay. And I thought, well, you know, nobody is playing, nobody's bothering to like look at the community and what music's coming out of there. And then when I also think college radio, I think, um, you know, college radio is what launched REM and Nirvana and Nine Inch Nails and, and pretty much anything alternative and indie. So I wanted to kind of bring that spirit back. Mm -hmm. So with the raw alternative, that was the initial concept and to reach out to the local community and just get a lot of really cool bands that are not really doing something that's super mainstream, but definitely deserve attention because there is no radio, there is no MTV, there is no major platform for music. Um, it's nice to not be spoon-fed crap 24-7, but seek things out on your own. I mean, it's it's overwhelming. And, you know, a lot of people just stick to three or four things that seem familiar to them. And so I like to kind of, I like the idea of curating music for people. Mm -hmm. And the Raw Alternative has evolved. At one point, we were a magazine. We were an uh, online magazine. And now I am doing interviews and performances stripping it down putting it and just putting it out on youtube and just continuing to give people a platform nice i like the one thing rick that you said that i i want to piggyback off of you're you, you look at yourself as curating music getting people interested and curating that space and time to get this type of music exposed to people who might not ever hear it right absolutely that's the that's the way that i look at the podcast is especially when i when when i do and one, one of the main reasons why i wanted to have such an open view of of subgenres is because i wanted people to be aware of music that they might not normally listen to they may and, not normally get exposed to the same goes for, because you had mentioned before with punk rock, um, with the raw alternative, you know, it's not limited to, you know, the classic definition of alternative music. You know, I want to expose people to electronic. I want to expose people to extreme metal, um, underground hip hop, singer songwriter stuff, you know, everything and anything that's an alternative to the norm. Mm hmm. And the and the name, the name of the podcast being "This Is Just a Phase," it doesn't just a it just doesn't it just doesn't uh, fit for punks, but it it fits for metalheads. It fits for people who are into hip hop. Um, any kind of quote unquote youth movement is looked at as being a phase that 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 the normies will try to make you outgrow. 
I'm still in my goth phase. I, I, I can't stay out of Hot Topic. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, no. Uh, let me ask you, Sam. Um, how how do you look at the scene and, and what's currently going on with it? Um, like in Youngstown, north, uh, northeastern Ohio, northwestern Pennsylvania, like what are your thoughts on what's currently going on? Uh, I guess it's, it's, it's kind of hard for me to comment on what's currently going on because I wasn't really around for, I mean, what has been going on. Like I haven't really kind of gone outside of my home and gone to performances and stuff until fairly recently. So that's more yeah. what I mean. Like <laughs> since, since the whole pandemic thing and finally being able to, cause I feel I'm, I, I know I'm not alone in saying this. Um, I, I feel like there's something going on around here and I haven't had that kind of feeling in a very long time. I I've been a part of the local scene since the late nineties and I haven't felt this feeling that like something is something's happening around here. And it's like something in the air or something in the ether or whatever. But like, I really, I, I really dig and really appreciate the kind of stuff that's coming out around here. Yeah, that's cool. I'm like, there's, there's lots of cool stuff uh, going on around here. Like there's, there's Gatlin, um, we just saw the uh, Smoky Honey Blues Band. They're very cool. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I I hope this we all can kind of gain momentum and you know hopefully get more people out to shows and in increase the scene. And there's a lot of great venues coming around. Uh, there's a lot of venues going on in 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 Youngstown too. You have West Side Bull and you have the Wickyards and you have, um, you know, Cedars and yeah. um, I don't know what the status is on like uh, the other places, uh, the Royal Oaks and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it just seems like there's lots of different, a lot of different styles of venues to choose from. Like you can kind of almost uh, find yourself playing in a lot more uh, different kind of venues than you may have before. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of the, the the venues around here really have their own identity, and uh, that makes them very very fun to uh, to play at and uh, visit each different one, see what the vibe is. Because mm -hmm. I don't remember um, the early two thousand scene. But we had Nia Bingy, and a lot of those shows could be a little dangerous. I mean, there was a lot of hardcore bands. There was a lot of pit fighting. There was a lot of uh, – Youngstown was a little different then, let's just say that. Um, but it seems like now, and I don't know if it's because everybody is getting older, but there seems to be – it's a lot more about community currently within the music scene. And I don't know if that's because – we didn't have it for so long or if it's just a natural progression of getting older. I think you're a hundred percent right in the idea of community. Um, I'm going back to like the current venues that we have that are really going strong. Not only do they only have their own, like I, and 
for a long time, I mean, I know like they were trying to have sort of the cultural hub downtown, but that ended up just being a corporate nightmare and um, kind of pushed all the artistic, the artistic scene. When you lost Lemon Grove, when you lost Cedars downtown, it it pushed the artistic scene right out of downtown. Yeah. And Cedars has been holding strong at their new location on the west side. And, you know, now with West Side Bull, now with the Wickyards and the occasional Royal Oaks gig and that, I mean, now you have cultural hubs where the artistics can flourish. But yeah. for, for a while, you didn't really have that. In the, it just never really happened in the dive bars. I'm not trying to knock some places that were trying to have bands, but you need you need cultural hubs for a music scene to thrive. Mm-hmm. You need to promote the artistic scene as a whole, not just have you know cover bands and then original bands one weekend out of a month like they were trying to do for a long time. It just just wasn't happening. Yeah. Drop, drop the blade, drop the blade. 
You brought up something really good on the last uh, um, the Raw Alternative episode, the, the one that I just watched recently. Um, you had brought up something good about playing mixed bills. Um, it, the, what's really cool about what's going on currently is the the difference the differences of the bands that are playing. If there's no there's none of that kind of snobbery within the scene that really took place because I remember when there was like the hardcore scene in Youngstown where it's like crowd deterrent and that kind of stuff. Then you'd have the pop punk kids like the Hollywood Blondes and Johnny Three and that kind of stuff. But now it seems like you can have those two worlds being represented on one show. It definitely feels better. Um, you know, I mean, in, especially in the case of Heck Vector, I mean, there's nobody else that really does what we do, you know, so we're always playing a mixed show. Um, but and, and do you feel like because you guys are all that, because you guys are grabbing from multiple things that it's it's easier to, to, to play those mixed bills? Uh, I mean, personally, I, I just, when we play, I just kind of go for the throat. And if I win you over, great. Or you're going to be confused. Like, what do you think, Sam? Um, again, not having been part of the scene very long, uh, it's hard for me to say whether it's like, easier or not to play mixed shows because that's pretty much all i know um yeah i mean like i'm i'm of the same mindset as rick i mean like where if, if we're on a show we're gonna we're gonna do our show we're gonna rock your fucking face off and you know <laughs> take take it or leave it i i, I, I guess much. what i'm trying to say too is Maybe, maybe it, maybe it's, uh, maybe I'm just not going about it the right way. But do you think because you're, you're, isn't one thing specifically that it doesn't seem weird that you're playing with a metal band? It doesn't seem weird that you're playing with a punk band. It doesn't seem weird that you're playing with a, a hip hop no. collective or, you know what I mean? Like, it, I know you guys mean. can kind yeah. of fit anywhere. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, yeah. you know, um, that was the same case even with Baroque Monody because we did such sort of like a hodgepodge and a very niche thing that, you know, it just, it fell where we were, you know. We were kind of heavy, but we weren't metal and we weren't indie enough. We were too heavy for the indie crowd, too indie for the metal crowd, blah, 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 you know. Um, you know, with Heck Vector, it's we have the aggression i think we can hold our own with heavier bands but we also have a little bit there's this extra element there's more to it so i think we kind of go pretty well with the alternative and more eclectic scene and, and you, you know guys have the melodic side anyone. what's that and you guys have that melodic side too that you can kind of fit in that indie world too yeah absolutely um and I'm not knocking anyone, but, you know, for years and years, when you had same genre of bills, it was, and it was always the same three bands always playing together, and then they were wondering why, you know, only five people are going to these shows. It's like, you got to branch out. You got to, 
you know, it's much when you win someone over who who didn't think they'd be into your music, it's way more special. There, uh, there was this one time we played after a uh, a bluegrass band. That might have been the limit. They kind of cleared the place out. <laughs> what band was that? Uh, uh, I I don't remember <laughs> honestly. <a> bluegrass band. <laughs> yeah, they were cool people. I don't want to disparage them or anything, but you know. <laughs> It was um when I was playing in bands in the early two thousands, we were kind of like the the we were like one of the only like punk bands in Newcastle at the time. Um, you guys had mentioned earlier. You guys about, got uh, me. Yeah, we got you. Okay. Um, yeah, we just didn't bring awareness to it. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're all right, man. But um, yeah. we were like the only like we were like one of the few punk bands that were playing, but it was kind of nice because everybody was still kind of doing that new metal stuff, but it was nice because when we were playing these, like these multiple band bills, we kind of stuck, we kind of stood out a little bit, you know, that we just weren't one in the same. Right. And I think sometimes that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. And plus, like, if you look at, if you look at the history of punk and metal, the idea of mixed bills isn't anything new. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before I let you guys go, um, and I still have you both here, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. here. Sorry. Okay, good. Um, before I let you guys go, the one thing I want to ask you, um, getting into the new year, um, I've you know of course been talking to Rick, and he's you know keeping me in keeping me in the loop that you guys are working on new stuff. Um, what are your What are your plans going into twenty 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 two? And um, what are you hopeful for any future shows and um, uh, recording? Well, we're definitely taking a lot more time to work on this new album. Um, I think last year, once everything opened up, we really focused on, you know, getting out there and playing as many shows as we could. And uh, right now I'm just itching to write and record. So we're kind of focusing more on that. And hopefully we'll have an album done and ready for release in like the middle of the year. Um, after that, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to uh, branch out into different areas. I'd like to play in uh, Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh and, you know, spread the awesome. word. So Awesome. Definitely let me know. I, I would definitely like to try to help you guys to branch out into different places. Um yeah, we are um, playing Cleveland, the Grog Shop in Cleveland on January 30th. You know what? I think I did see that flyer posted. Well, maybe over the weekend, I think I saw that. Um, very cool. Um, so you guys are just kind of taking your time. Do you have a do you have a timeline when would you like to get stuff out there? Mm, no, not really. Um, I mean, right, right now I'm just saying middle of the year. Uh, we do have a pretty know. cool new single coming out in the next few weeks would you say i hope so (laughs) um a cool pretty cool collaboration we did so to speak with uh one of our favorite bands a musician from one of our favorite bands so oh okay so that's gonna be a little teaser little little taste um yeah i guess you could say okay 
Okay, mm-hmm. well, guys, the listener, uh, stand by for uh, for the new single coming out. I'll I'll definitely uh, post that when you guys um, uh, release that. I'll definitely post that on the uh, group page and have people get a taste of that once it once it comes out. Yep, thank you. We'd appreciate it. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Um, you guys have the the show coming up on the thirtieth. Um, and up in Cleveland at the Grog Shop. Uh, do you have any other shows uh, coming up in the future? Uh, we do have the Wick Yards. We're coming back to the Wick Yards on February 26th. Oh, um, yeah. That's what I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, yeah, probably some more things when spring breaks. Oh, awesome. Well, very cool. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your guys' times. I know we had some sound issues at the beginning of the episode and uh, hopefully it didn't uh, affect your guys um, in the rest of the interview, but uh, I just want to not really a musician. If you don't have sound issues at some point, right? Exactly. (laughs) Like I said, (laughs) nothing, nothing deters me anymore. I've, I've, I've been through the gauntlet in the past eight months too. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, yeah, if you can't, I mean, I, I'm a, I've been a part of the punk scene since I was 13 years old. Nothing's perfect. So, <laughs> but um, Sam, Rick, uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of the podcast. Um, I really appreciate you being on, and uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, get to tell your guys a story. Thank yeah, you. Hey, thank you. You're very welcome. And uh, for the listener, uh, please to check out uh, Heck Vector on Bandcamp and any streaming service, as well as uh, Baroque uh, Minotti. And uh, um, check out Raw Alternative. Um, I can send links uh, in the episode. Also check out uh, Sam's uh, solo work. Um, as well as downloads and uh, any other music that these guys are affiliated with. Um, definitely really great. It's great to see uh, see this kind of music being done in, in, like I said, in my backyard. Really cool. Happy to do it. <laughs> well, you two have a great night, and I'll, I'll chat with you guys here soon. Thanks, right, man. Thanks, Take man. care of yourself. You're welcome. Take care, too, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Stuck with him all night like some kind of bad sitcom I never knew a man could be so conservative and dumb You said you didn't like women unless they
forgot.